What's up, gamers? Welcome to actually episode 54 of the Battle Mallet podcast. Uh, if we were a newspaper, we would give an errata. Uh, I said episode 54 so many times last episode, it was actually episode 53. So this is for really real episode 54. I don't know, Death Gorge review extravaganza. Uh, for anyone that isn't familiar, the Battle Mallet podcast is the journey of three busy gamers on their way to the Nova Open Convention every year, playing games that they love and balancing life with those games. My name is Jared Johnson. Tonight, I am joined by Trace Hyde. It's getting chilly in here. It's very icy. Uh, Jason Table New Murray. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and good night again. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody has been doing too many <laughs> webinars for work. Uh, it's like the standard roll call. So uh, I think we missed it last episode because, of course, we can't do anything consistently uh, except for be inconsistent. So we have another dad joke. And I think that there's only one that really works for this uh, review of ours as we dive into the Death Gorge. And that is, um, what does it take to make a squid laugh? Ten oh, tickles. I, I was going to say, I know. I know it. I know this Ten one. Ten tickles. so we are stoked all right so uh we're excited because it's a new season but we're also excited because uh jason do you want to because let everybody know this is it's awesome for us and uh you know we just have to go through and say thank you to gw for sending us a preview coffee copy so officially uh you know we are able to record this early and get the content ready for uh the day one kind of launch with all our other peers that are out there in the great content creator world. So again, thank you GW for sending us a preview copy. I I mean, we got a lot I'm, to talk about what we've been doing, but I can't wait to just jump right ahead and talk about these awesome decks and war bands. Yeah, I'm super excited. So thanks so much for sending this out to us. I think this is going to be great. We're so excited to be a part of this larger content creator community and getting these cards earlier. So it's great. Thank you. Thank you, Games Workshop. So uh, with that, uh, this is going to be our review. We are going to go through the Death Gorge rulebook and uh, try to capture as many of the rule changes as we can. Uh, we're going to go through uh, the Thricefold Discord and Sirenes Razors. Uh, we're going to go through Breakneck Slaughter and Force of Frost. Uh, we're going to do our standard kind of rivals review where we talk about the cards that you want to see early. We'll talk about the fighters, what's unique about them. Uh, and then give you our take on their play style, maybe what boards you would want to see or the type of board, uh, and then even throw in some Nemesis uh, recommendations as well. But before we get into all that, we always do want to catch up on what we've been up to. Um, so I will kick things over to Trace first. Uh, I've been painting secret things that yeah. now I can talk about. That's right. Um, so for the past couple days... I have been um, furiously working on the new box um, to try and get some nice pictures out to all you fine folks um, of those new models painted by other people in the community other than the official Genius.bu team. So um, I've had a lot of fun doing that. Um, I think they turned out pretty good, but I'll leave that to you guys, whether you think that they turned out pretty good or not. Um, and I've been doing that. And what else have I done? Played some games. Um, we've been very successful in our local Underworlds meetup. Um, we've grown 
twice now, two times, the past two times that we've um, been out, we've either entertained a new person or gained a new person. Um, so we're very thankful for all the folks who have come out and played with us. I've, I've played a couple games uh, in particular that I thought were notable. I played um, a Paths of Prophecy Grimwatch deck that was pretty interesting. Um, getting two glory just for playing three power cards on two cards in one hand was pretty gross. So, yeah. Brian, I'm sorry. That's the dream um, hand, right? Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, lots of positioning there. But interested to get some more games in with them because I think that one is a different play style than I'm normally playing. And two, it's just fun to kind of exercise the brain a little bit. So, lots of painting, a little bit of playing, and helping to build our wonderful Underworlds community out here in the North Carolinas. Jason, what about you, bud? Yeah. Um, you know, a little, little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, lots of underworlds. So at the meetups I've, you know, at post Nova, obviously we took a, a couple weeks break, had to build up that credit to be able to go out again. Um, but once I was out and at the meetups, I played Hedman's curse with void cursed. Um, that was fun. Um, really good games, really enjoy the interactions in that deck a little more aggro, um, than I like. So when I say aggro dice dependent, um, but still like a lot of shenanigans with void curse, void curse nemesis deck, uh, great pairing. Um, but then this last time I played exile dead with Beastbound assault, which we talked about when those two, when that deck came out, we talked about the nemesis. I have yet to play. This is the first time that I've played the, de- the dentist, um, the dentist did very well for me. Uh, it was great. And it's super, such a positional warband with lots of model count, just the way I like it. It made my brain hurt. Um, some really, really good games. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, both those decks are up on the Nemesis library. So by all means, check them out. Nothing revolutionary. They've been out there for a couple months, but uh, it was nice to just change it up after playing the Heffalump for so long leading up to Nova. Also, in games played, there was some MCP played. <clears throat> and for the first time ever, I played a, what is it called? Narrow list, right? Narrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tall. It's tall. It's tall. You know, I don't tall know. Tall is I the verb. I don't know the terminology for that game, but it was three fair. fighters. Normally, I play a lot of fighters on the battlefield, just like any other game that I play, like Underworlds. Um, but this time I played um, the Immortal Hulk. Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange. So it was also a change from my normal Avengers. It was a ton of fun. I made one positioning mistake because when you only have three fighters, that's pretty important. And Jared capitalized and beat me. But it was a lot of fun. And the indestructible Immortal Hulk is truly that. He's fun um, to play. Yeah, he was. He's fun. He was a beast. He's, he's a, he's he's a awesome. machine. Yeah. Um, and then, he's really uh, good. I really like him in um, Midnight Suns because yeah. you can bump him. You get a free one inch or one range one move with him. Well, with Strange's heal, he oh yeah works well. It's very good. Um, and then other than that, I've been playing a lot of games with my daughter. So as you heard from Nova, uh, Loracana is a thing in this household. 
So Emma has now started to play in Loracana League. Um, that we've gone to that twice now. She's won two games, so she's really into the TCG Loracana. Uh, she's picked up Pokemon 151, which is just Pokemon. It's just the newest season. Um, so she was starting to play that. And then tonight, actually, uh, we played a board game that I picked up called Dice Throne. And both Emma and Aiden played. Now, Emma is nine and Aiden is five. So when Aiden, when I say Aiden played, I told him what to do and he rolled the dice. Um, but they both had a blast. There was a lot of laughing. There was a lot of shouting. There was a, a little bit of pouting. But in the end, they both loved it and they can't wait to play play that again, which will probably be tomorrow because Aiden has bugged me about 500 times. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the games played over here over the last month and looking forward to getting back out there because I just got my Plague Rats in from good old Justin and they look sweet. So I can't wait for a couple weeks Monday to get them out there and play. Sweet. I also have one addendum. I did oh. play a combat patrol with Justin. So shout out to Justin and our local medic. Cause that was a lot of fun. Nice. Jared. Sweet. Yeah. So, um, games played, um, played some underworlds. Uh, I think I got out, for one of the meetup and, and played uh, uh Domitan Storm Coven deck that just yeah, she, worked. Yeah, she, um, yeah, so, she did. Uh, so Sax Tom on the discords um, has put together a Domitan seismic pairing that um, it reminds me of the old school Night Vault magic decks where things just happen and your opponent is sitting there watching them happen. Um, so probably not a lot of fun to play against, but it's a deck that functions well. Um, and I'm excited to maybe explore that play style some more uh, in the more competitive games. But uh, now that we've got Death Gorge in hand, I really want to get games in with the new warbands. Um, I have primed Sereni's Razors. I hope to get them painted up soon. Um, outside of that, uh, I have played three-ish games of MCP. Um, so the first one was actually really interesting. I had been unpacking from Nova... Uh, putting my stuff away, and my daughter's uh, Autumn is six, Maggie is two. Saw the miniatures, and they like wanted to play. Um, Maggie understands that dice are involved, and she loves to roll dice. So I had uh, Autumn and Maggie using the White Queen, Emma Frost, and the Juggernaut respectively fight against Ultron, and unsurprisingly, they uh, smashed it. Maggie was significantly more interested in driving the cars around on, to, on the tabletop and the carpet and the walls. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> and then th later that night, uh, Kyle said he wanted to get in on the action. Uh, so he used Iron Man against the blob um, and had a lot of fun with that. Uh, when we talked about our Nova recap, I think I mentioned picking up Miles Morales and Ghost Spider uh, from one of the vendors for them to play. So the next day, we sat down and we played um, through one turn of MCP without any objectives out, but they were using the entirety of the Web Warriors faction. Uh, I think it was like 26 threat or something against three Sentinels. So through one turn, you can imagine how that went. The six-year-old got bored. I think Kyle would have stuck with it, but it was fun. And then the aforementioned game with Jason playing through uh, 
playing with the X-Men with some of the updated cards from the recent release for that. And, and it felt pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, so that's what I've been up to outside of that. It's been a lot of travel for work, which means that I don't get to get out and play games, but I'm hoping to ramp that back up. So I think that covers it. So we'll uh, yeah. sweet take, take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the war bands. No, we'll talk about the death gorge rule book. And then we'll talk about the war bands. We'll be right back. And we're back. So here we go. Death Gorge is in hand. What has changed from this season? And for our our new listeners out there, or maybe new players into Underworlds, Underworlds runs on seasons. So you have your base core games, which there's another new core box coming out. Um, here in the, I believe it's in Barnes and Noble, which has the basic rules and some war bands, but the season that comes out for Underworlds, like Death Gorge, has very unique kind of rule sets that go with the theme of the setting that with which we are playing it. So every year there's little tweaks to the rules, both from a gameplay and rule standpoint, from a balancing standpoint, but then there's also little sprinkles of flavor. So let's dive in to the Death Gorge and see what has changed. Um, So I go through like every year, um, go through and highlight just what is different in the book. And, And, you know, in this season that we have here, we have to go all the way to page 25 to find our first new edition. And this isn't really any update to the rules, but I thought it was worth noting that sequencing went from kind of the back of the rule book to up in the front. So like playing the game, right, is on page 24. And then on page 25, it actually has advanced rule sequencing, which used to be buried in the back of the book. And the sequencing moving up here is very important because now we have a lot of kind of out of sequence events that happen. So void curse, when you make a void curse fighter, when you're playing Heffalum, you, uh, you, you know, do your changing sequence kind of like before the game. So a lot of these, um, uh, rules or events happen outside of like activations and reaction windows. And more importantly, most of the time, or a lot of the time, the each player has these things that happen. So it just goes in here to say, you know, that if, if two players have abilities that would resolve at the same time, um, they choose in which order they are resolved by rolling off. So if the rules don't specify, you roll off. And the winner chooses who resolves an ability first. Then it goes to the opposite player. Then it comes back to the player that won the roll off or, you know, or vice versa. Um, but again, like the key distinction here is one ability at the time. So if Trace and I roll off and I win and I take, I elect to have an ability like my chain sequence go first, I'll say, okay, my chain sequence and then it would go to Trace, and he'd be like, okay, I'm going to have my chain sequence go first, and then it comes back to me, and then I could say, okay, I'm going to select a Void Cursed Fighter, and then it goes back to him, and he would select a Void Cursed Fighter. So it is back and forth in um, kind of the sequencing. I mean, gentlemen, any any comments there? As it is a rule that's been there before, but it is nice to have it moved up. Yeah. I no, I like the the moved up location of it. Um, you know, it just kind of tightens the the read through of the rule set. I I do want to point out one 
changed and I don't, re- I don't know the page number cause you've got the book. Um, but, but I noted it in the unboxing video is whatever page has the tokens on it. Whatever page has tokens on it. It's very early, like whatever it's early tokens and counters. Yeah. Whatever that's called, whatever, whatever page that is. I don't know. Page 15, page 15. So the two available feature tokens, what are those tokens called? Cover slash. Well, that was the next page. Two double-sided blocked slash cover feature tokens. Yeah. Yes. So you went all the way to page 25. Yeah. But but earlier in the book was the first page. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I got you now. Yeah, yeah, but we'll get in there later about like... There's other stuff. And so anybody that's watched the MetaWatch video, which if you haven't, you should watch it. The interview with John Bracken was amazing where he covers some yeah. of these rules changes too. But anyway, so now the available feature tokens are double-sided blocked cover feature tokens, not snare cover feature tokens. Anyway, yes. moving on. Continue. Yeah, no, no. Continue is right into what you're talking about. Nice. So place feature tokens. This is the other side of two feature tokens. Uh, um, the other two, I'm sorry, excuse me. The other two feature tokens, the other side shows a blocked hex. So gone are snare on this other side of cover hexes and your available feature tokens, and they are now blocked. And this is because they're just a mountain of ice, and it's cool. Like, it's back to the old Shadespire Nightfall days, right? It's Shardfall. Shardfall. Um, and then in the advance, like, just so with that change, the fact that Snare tokens are now not available feature tokens because block hexes are on the back. There's a couple of things to note. A token cannot be flipped be- to become a block hex token if a fighter is on that token. That's a yeah. pretty big update. I can't trap uh, somebody in the ice. I mean, I think it would be cool, but yeah, no, we, we're not going to do that. That sounds like some really complicated mechanics there. <laughs> I think it would be cool if you flip it and then you have to scatter off of it because it like root you out yeah that'd be cool i don't know also too many rules but what it would just be cool to to see yeah (laughs) that is not in there do not do that it's not in there yeah don't do that (laughs) and i I think another key note to make here too like now that they are blocked hexes and yes you cannot put a fighter in a blocked hex but like you know you cannot have like sometimes a feature token will be moved or placed and you cannot, it cannot be moved or placed in a blocked hex, a hex that contains another feature token or a hazard hex. So, like, oh, you know, these blocked hexes can't be stacked on, they can be stacked on some things, but not a lot of things, right? Like, you could put it on a, a spawn a start, point, a starting yeah, hex. Starting hex, yeah. But that's but you it. Can't, you can't prevent yourself from getting lethaled. That's what you're saying. No, because right. you can't go on a hazard. You can't. Right. So you block can't put it into. A, you can't put it in a lethal hex. hex, and yeah, which is good. That's that's good. Okay. So, All right. What's next? Um. Do so, the tokens stay on the board, Jason? Well, that, that yes, for the whole activation. Mm. Mm. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, they do, they do stay on the, they do stay for the activation. We'll get that to that in the end. Um, but then on 28, um, there was some conversation after Nova or during Nova on the salvage mechanic. So do you guys remember where 
like there was some wording that um, you could only salvage if it was your power step. Yeah. So on, on page 28, there's a little bit of an update here. It says, in the power step, both players can play power cards, salvage power cards, and delve. After the power step, it is the other player's turn. So there's a nice little clarification there that in the power step, both players can do those things. Nice. You know, just standard some, living updates. Some, some clarifications, yep. Um, and it's kind of the, the, the next thing I have highlighted here is the update to the, the move and charge tokens. Oh, yeah. So, so And chase your tra- chase, chase, chase. Hey. You're a big fan of these because you use these. So do you want to kind of describe what's changed on the move and charge tokens? I apologize. I was coughing. Oh, muted. Okay. So what did you, what was, what was the page number? Um, just, uh, it's on page 31, the move and charge tokens have been updated just to match the new starter set. And I know you liked them. So I thought maybe you'd like to give a note as to why you like these tokens. Uh, so I just thought that they were different than anything else. As far as like why I took them to Nova, they looked different than anybody else's. So I knew that they were mine but um there's also important new um rules activations with those do we want to get into that now or are we i mean sure what do you what do you got no you what do you got maybe i'm missing something i liked the tokens but that was just because i liked them no oh, so just their update they're a little more clear as like a move token yes. it's a hex with an arrow and then an yeah. arrow into an attack yeah. Uh, again, just more life updates. Um, well, and I think sim- if you're looking at the symbolism, right, when those tokens were originally printed, if a fighter had a charge token, they couldn't do anything else. That's correct. It could not be activated at all. And there was like a big like do not enter. Mm-hmm. There's a big do not enter symbol, like a crossed out circle symbol on the current or not the current, but the older charge tokens. So that doesn't apply. It didn't apply in uh narwood or weird hollow right if you if all of your fighters had charge tokens you could still activate uh but you were somewhat limited in what you could do in those activations but the fact that the charge token now doesn't have like a you can't do anything symbolism on it i think is helpful but i think there's more to that as was alluded in mr mr bracken's interview yeah so what can we do now with if every fighter has a charge token, you can do a lot of uh, stuff now. Well, you can. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it, you just can't take a super action, right? That's how it's worded. Well, yes. You cannot yeah. take a super you just action. Can't take a super action. So you, you can, can move. move. You can attack. Yep. You could do an on fighter or on upgrade action, but uh, the move is the big one. The move is the big one. Yeah, the right. move is the update for this season, right? So, yeah. again, want to clarify, every fighter in your warband has to have a charge token, but now you are no longer locked in place. You can, once you've hit that pre- prerequisite, a fighter can move again, and then just yeah. like last season, they can take any other non-super action. Um, so yeah. pretty, pretty big, big change there um, that it is, if you've made a charge action you can only the only negative is you can't make another super action so you can't scythe you can't barge you can't charge no 
Well, great. And then there's an, just another like one that we kind of skipped here is uh, vulnerable. A fighter who has wounds characteristics of one cannot be vulnerable. So that was an FAQ, I believe. Yep. But now it is in the rule book. So sorry, fish is not vulnerable. Like just in, <laughs> never, in never was. <laughs> He's even um, more annoying now. Yeah. So, uh, and then moving on, the plunder rule gets an update. This was also mentioned in that article on Warcom where now plunder. So we had plunder before, but plunder is reaction. Use this during a friendly fighter's attack action that takes the target out of action. After the out of action check, place one available feature token in the hex. The target was in. So you can a feature token, you say feature token, well, a feature token. And it doesn't specify with the objective side face up which is yeah. the weird yeah. hollow and gnarlwood rules stated mm-hmm. so you can kill somebody and put a block of ice in their place or frozen han solo and kryptonite or a cover hex or a cover hex or a cover hex or, or a blocked hex or either or it is your choice or if someone removed an objective you could put yeah. the objective back out there yep um i i mean i think that that is just i don't know how impactful it's going to be or how much we're going to see it used and i'm probably wrong in this but i mean there has to be some benefit that you charge and you take somebody out and you're like eh, i'm just going to put a blocked hex here I don't know if I would no. want to put a cover hex because I don't want you to charge back at me and get a. In, into a do you know hex. the number of times that I killed Spawn Maw and would have loved to have a friggin' block hex put up right in front of me? Do you know how many I times? Mean, I, no, yeah, because it's going to block line of, like that's going to block a lot of line of sight. Yeah, like for ranged attacks, it's going to yeah. prevent like or you could do a knockback. Oh no, it's yep. no, that's not going to work. You have to kill no. them still. You have, you have to, to kill them. Kill you have to kill them. But like I would have loved that. Really? Go ahead and kill Spawn Ma and and then and then now you have this column of ice column that's preventing Kindlefinger and Ephilim awesome. and Flame yeah. Spooler from shooting you without charging. It's pretty cool. I like it. It, act, it actually has a ooh, it's ooh. icy cool. Nice. Um, yeah, and just some other interactions that it'll it'll help as well is um, the Shadeborn will be able to yes. put some more um, yeah. hexes out there. It also changes Fearsome Fortress, like the power level of Fearsome Fortress, and Daring Delvers. So Daring Delvers is really good at putting hexes out there, but really any deck that has place a feature token, it now like you could deny your opponent the availability of that feature token at some point. Yep. And uh, or you can kind of double down on placing them. That's so, true. I think it's going to be, oh. it, it, it's a subtle change that I think that is going to play out much like Lethal Hexes revolutionized kind of the way that we picked boards before. I think Plunder is going to be a, a really cool mechanic in this season. So I you remember know. back when we played, you know, in the Shadespire Night Vault days and you'd have Shardfall, right? You'd place your Shardfall token. But that was really one of the only ways to get that out is that card. Yep. And now you can just kill a fighter. And drop a block text, which is yeah, it's massive. pretty cool. It's really yeah. cool. And and I think this now that we've talked about the feature tokens twice, 
and the way that you place them and the, the changes that are them. If you skip all the way all the way ahead to page 50 and skipping a lot of the other little subtle changes in the end phase, this is what we alluded to earlier is once both players have followed the sequence, clear all move, charge, guard, and stagger tokens from the battlefield, which is the way it always was. And then if there are any blocked hex tokens on the battlefield, remove those tokens. Flip your activation tokens over and a new round begins. So the ice melts and those yep. available feature tokens become available again if you put down blocked hexes. That's if you put sweet. down a cover, they stay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, daring Delvers might like that. I think get Delvers and exploration points for placing yep. and then they disappear and then they could place them again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Yeah. It's it's going to make the battlefield more interactive, right? So we yeah. already had Delve that kind of did that um, in previous seasons, and now we're kind of back to to having a cool little um, new interaction. So love it. Love the change to plunder rule, at least in concept, reading through this rule book. Um, the next one is, you know, on going back to page 36, going on to page 37, is super actions. Got a kind of clarification and wording change. So let me just read what super actions now, because this is changes a couple of times that we've had this. What is an action? So super actions allow fighters to make two or more actions in one activation, often at a cost. When a, when a fighter makes a super action, each action within that super action follows the rules for that action. There is a reaction step after each action within the super action, Super actions are not actions, nor are the are, nor are they player actions. So there's a couple of cards out out there that says make three different actions, and yep. guess what? The charge super action. The charge is not an action; it is a move and an attack action. No, clarified. Barge. Yeah, not barge. a not an action in and of itself because it's, it's the barge super action. It is a move and a stun. Yeah. Nice. Yep. And we talked about, so then the big, the huge one that we've talked about, probably the most impactful one is the change to charge. So again, if all your fighters have charged, now they can still make an action to include a move action. Nice. Nice. You know, just to keep on going to, uh, to delve again, like there's just that little thing. A player cannot delve by flipping a token that would become a blocked hex token. No, it's you can't just, turn yourself into ice. No popsicles for you. I think that's, if I remember correctly, there's not. Um. Oh, so I marked page forty-eight. Resolving action reaction chains. There's nothing new here, but it is a new flow chart. So I know that there was, um, uh, you know, there was a very lengthy paragraph on reaction changes and reacting to reactions. That stuff is still here. And then there's just a kind of a clarification of a diagram that shows how the reaction step restarts when there's a reaction and another action. You can react to reaction. So some good stuff. And then the, the end phase we talked about with the battlefield and and removing those blocked hexes. And then the last change, my friends, very subtle, but remember last season, if you were 
tied with glory at the end of the game. The person that was holding the highest objective won. Now it is back to holding the highest combined value of objectives wins. So you're adding up objective numbers again to break ties. Nice. Yeah. So you can hold five and I can hold four and two or four and three. Yep. And you'll win. And I'll win. And you'll win. Nice. And then right after the rules, there are ways to play. And I just want, you know, rivals, nemesis, deck building to go with those formats. And on the very next page, there's relic. Oh, wait, there's no chance. No, there is championship. It's just, it's got its own special little box out there. People championship is still in the game. Look championship right in the rule book. It's right there for you. Relax. Those are the changes. You can find the most up-to-date version of the championship format at warhammerunderworlds.com. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, like there are some other glossary changes too, but no rules changes in the glossary, just kind of updates like territory is defined properly in the glossary and, and stuff like that. But, you know, if I had to summarize the two biggest changes, well, three biggest changes is snare hexes are now block, blocked hexes on the back of those available feature tokens the plunder mechanic and the charge mechanic. So nice. I like it. I can't wait to get into the death gorge. Yeah. I think it's gonna be fun. Lots of interesting new interactions. I'm excited. All right. Sweet. With that take a break. Then we'll jump into some war bands. And we're back and we are here to talk about the, Warbands from the Death Gorge box. This, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, this is going to be our standard kind of rivals review. We'll cover the fighters in brief. You'll be able to see pictures of their cards on our blog uh, to get the full details. Uh, and then we're going to cover the the three objectives that you want to see early, the three gambits that you want to see early, and the three upgrades that you want to see early. Um, in in our opinion, to get the most successful uh, play out of this rivals deck probably even in a nemesis play because we've tried to pick the most valuable. So anyway, so uh, Sereni of the Abyss. This is an Idaneth Deepkin Warband with Sereni's Razors. There are four fighters. There are three Idaneth and then, uh, as John called it, a battle squid. Um, so we have Sereni of the Abyss, Alethir, Renglaith, and Sephanir. Sephanir play on Cephalopod being the squid. Um their Inspire condition is a pretty cool one. Uh, it plays with the Tide theme, similar to the Idaneth Deepkin. Um, I just blanked on their name, and that's really good. I don't Tide. play them because of the stupid fish. Soul Raid. Yeah, Elephant <laughs> Soul Raid. Gosh, yeah. Soul Raid. I, yeah, my brain just has evacuated the name of that warband. Fish token. Anyway, yeah, the fish token. Stop, shell token. <laughs> um, all right, so they Inspire. It is your third round in Power your third power step in round one, your second power step in round two, or your first power step in round three. And what this equates to is that you're going to get one inspired activation in round one, two inspired activations in round two, and three inspired activations in round three. So that's the same inspired condition across all four fighters. Um, They have fairly standard elfin stats. Um, So move four. Uh, The leader has four wounds. The two thralls have three wounds. The squid is a beefy boy and a fast beefy boy. So he's moved five with four wounds. Um, 
Sereni has only a magical attack, and so I think... Is this the only fighter that we've seen that only has a magic attack? I don't know. At 60, almost 60 warbands, I can't remember. I can't keep up, yeah. I mean, well... I don't think so, but I can't recall who it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably some of the... Some Some of the changers. changers. Anyway. I can't believe you've forgotten. I can't believe you've forgotten. The changers? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Somebody right now is screaming at us. How dare you forget? Whatever. But anyway, so range two... Uh, uh, Serenity is a level two caster. She has a range two, two damage spell. Um, but the real meat, other than the squid, of this warband is the hammer tide. I'm gonna have to bust out my hammer pants. And you are. Um, so action: place the scattered token in this fighter's hex. Draw a straight line from the center of the token in the direction indicated by the smash symbol. The first time this line enters a hex occupied. Occupied by an enemy fighter, deal one damage to that enemy fighter and stagger that fighter. So you're going to put Sereni down and every lane in the six directions that her hex faces is just imagine a laser beam laser extending beams. through the entire board. If at yeah. any point an enemy fighter is in that hex, in that line of hexes, um, because you don't scatter, you just place yeah, the scatter token to say which click. direction the laser beam is going. Point yeah. and click, and, one damage. Uh, yeah, and it's one damage and a stagger. Well, um, the, yeah, it, the stagger is kind of important, and this is going to like really that when you're playing this warband, it's going to change so much deployment. Like you really have to think about. It's a four fighter warband, so. If you're playing a larger fighter warband, you got to worry about where you place your objectives and you have to look at those starting hexes and know that if I put my objective in any of these lines from this starting hex of my opponent's board, I'm immediately in danger for one hex or for one damage. Yep. Right. And stagger. And the stagger to me is the kind of like the the silent sweet sauce here is you're taking a pip of damage away which we know that most fighters are two and three they, yep. uh, wounds, right? Yep. And now you have two thralls that can kind of go in and get a reroll, so their attacks become extremely accurate. And they're all damaged too. Yeah, and, and for my play style from uh, Hefwump, right, is like I, I'm losing a changer in two activations if I don't play, if I don't place or move properly. Yeah. You're just taking... You're taking uh, what Kindle Finger, right? Like you're right. just taking him off the board, and that's yeah. one of my most important fighters because he reduces damage. Now goodbye. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. And you know the. I worthless... mean, it might be worth two Hammer Tide actions just to oh, take yeah. out Kindle Finger. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's awesome. Think it's think it. A... You say two actions, and I understand. I'm gonna kind of like go a little bit no, this will probably never happen or it's probably not the most effective way, but it's guaranteed one damage. Yeah. Let's say that you're playing an objective warband or whatever. You take your four wound storm cast and you charge onto an objective token that you misdeployed for your first activation. And now I can kill that fighter guaranteed unless you have a heal. Like, 
I'm just yeah. activating and, hammer tide, hammer tide, hammer tide, yeah. hammer tide. And because, now someone's dead. Yeah. Because yeah, no. if you if you do that first activation and you've yeah. charged, you're stuck. Because you can't do another move action with your charge token until everybody else has a charge token. And then it's gonna be too late. Yeah. 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 Or you're probably on that objective because you needed to be. It right. just yeah. it's not listen, it's not gonna it's not gonna be the most effective way to kill somebody quickly. But this no. little plank damage and what I really like about it is it just so positional. Yeah. Like just like the other soul raid, it's super toolboxy. This is a, this is a technical warband. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So um, the thralls Alithir and Renglaith, um, they both have range two, two smash, two damage attacks. When they inspire, um, Alithir gets cleave and a scything attack. Um, Renglaith goes to gre- crit grievous one. Um, so and uh, that's. Die pretty sweet and gains a die. Uh, they both count dodges as successes in their defense rolls. So they're not on guard. Um, it's the, uh, storm sire treatment. Yep. Um, so they're counting dodges as successes. And then Sephanir, um, three fury, two damage goes to four fury, two damage with ensnare when, uh, when it inspires, but the phase ink reaction is probably the coolest thing. And that's after an attack action that targeted this fighter stagger up to, doesn't have to hit. Yeah. Just targeted. Stagger up to one visible enemy fighter within two hexes. Doesn't have to be the attacker. Mm-mm. And then place this fighter on a hex within one hex of no one's territory and more than one hex from each enemy fighter. So you could charge Stephanie in, bam for cross, do a board. thing, and then ink away. Or if it's late game, now you've charged Stephanie in deep into territory, and then you get targeted, and then you ink away. Well, the other the other thing too here with 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 uh, the calamari or squigward or whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> it's not a beast. Nope. No, it's not a beast. So just, if you're playing it, those mid objectives, you can place them on an objective. Yep. And he can fly. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And, and he, he can take, take attack action attack upgrades. Action upgrades. So his sure tentacles can. can have knives in them. Ah, no, yes, he has right. my sword. <laughs> We thought the monkey with the knife in his tail was cool. Imagine yeah, no. a squid with ten knives. It's awesome. Floating on the ether sea. Or another That's item awesome. that we'll talk about later. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I had literally never even considered that. That's amazing. All right, so uh, those are the fighters. Uh, you can see the cards if you want like the full details on everything uh, in our blog, probably on Underworlds TV soon, if they're not already up there. Um, and probably a lot of the other content creators. So uh, let's go through the objectives. What are the objectives that you want to see early? Uh, I'll go first to give my co-host some time to get everything else in order. And so I'm going to pick Crashing Crescendo. Uh, This is a surge. Score this immediately after your warband's third or subsequent charge super action in the same phase. So we want this early. A, it's easy. And B, I mean, with two, three wound fighters, it seems unlikely that you're going to have three fighters in round three it's possible but i wouldn't bank on it so it's pretty likely if you have four fighters to be able to pull off three charge actions though i'm just gonna put that out there well and especially the fact that they're moved four with two range two right range you're two, going yeah. to be able to charge yeah so this is this is this is a good good card good good yeah. start card i would say good, i agree good, with you 
Good start. All right. Uh, so since you agreed with me on that one, what do we want next, Jason? I'm just going to go with mind erosion. Nice. I mean, my mind isn't there anyway. So score this in an end phase. If one or more enemy fighters each have one or more stagger tokens, just in the fighter cards alone, we've already seen two ways to stagger fighters. So, yep. yeah, I'm just going to hammer tide you and make sure I score that in the end phase. That's true. Because you only need three charges. That's it. Yep. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. 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 Which leads Done. us to Inexplicable Dread. This is a dual card. Score this in an end phase if your warband holds one or more objectives. And one or more of those objectives is in no one's or enemy territory. Hmm. That seems likely. Hmm. Who can teleport to within one hex of no one's territory if they get attacked? Yeah. yeah. Even if you go... If even if you don't go last, if somebody attacks you with their last attack action, just boop, boop onto an boop. objective. And that last attack right. action, he's inspired. Oh man, that's gonna be so good. And again, just to point out how important board selection and objective placement is. Yeah. Like you want stuff around no one's territory, and you're not even playing Fearsome Fortress. You're just playing their deck, right? So yep. objective placement and board placement, very important with this warband. Nice. All right. So on to the game. It's what do we want to see early? Uh, we would be totally remiss if we did not include a push card. Uh, so lurking presence. This is push a friendly Sephanir up to two hexes. So not only can you ink away, but you can also scoot him around. Push. He may Love be my it. favorite fighter ever. Uh, he is. He's pretty he cool. Is <laughs> so good. He's pretty cool. All right. Uh, Trace, kick it to you. What do we want next? Uh, surging stream. Plus one damage to range one and range two attack actions made by uninspired friendly fighters. This effect persists until the end of the round or until an uninspired friendly fighter makes one or more attack actions. Nice. Sephanir, three damage. Yeah, you also want it early because it ha- they have to be uninspired, right? So yep. They have to be uninspired. So the odds of that happening decrease as the game goes on because you inspire three. earlier and earlier in the phase. So you want that three. early. And you want to dome whatever four fighter, four wound fighter that got hammer tighted, and then you charge with a dude. Yep. yep. Love the, it. La- the last one is a gambit spell. It's momentary vortex. If cast, choose a fighter and push each other fighter that is within two hexes of the chosen fighter one hex, so that they are closer to that fighter in any order you choose. If a fighter can't be pushed in that way, they do not. They're they're not pushed. This one if sounds it catches familiar. you, if it catches you, it's over. It does sound familiar, and there is no range limitation on this, right? So yes, you only have the one caster, and you kind of get a what is it called? Center of attention. Oh, yeah. And it, so it doesn't say choose a friendly fighter either. So you no, can it says like choose a fighter. Yeah. Full so stop. Pick an enemy and the, fighter. There was and... somebody with scything too, right? Oh man. Yeah, they do. Yep. I believe it is, uh, I think Ringlaith gets scything. No, Alethea gets scything uh, when she inspires. I can't tell. The thralls are too ambiguous to me. All right, uh, let's go. Let's spit it right back to Jason. Uh, upgrades. What's an, what are, what's an upgrade you want to see early? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, we got it all. Yep. We got it all. We got all three. We're there. We got it. We're good. We got it. We're on top three. Be cool, man. Be cool. So take I- it easy. They are elves, so they have three wounds on the thralls. I'm going to take a plus one wound. It's pretty yeah. standard. It can only go on the thralls. 
if they're dead, you just salvage it. I love it. Plus one yep. wound. Bam. Yep. Yeah. Now you oh, I'm sorry. Wound. I'm sorry. Soul siphon mass. Oh, that's you say that. Soul, Soul siphon, siphon mantle. There we go. Nice. Nice. All right, Trace. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite of defense and go offense and like say it. savage ferocity plus one dice to this fighter's range one and range two attack actions. Nice. Full stop. No conditions. Love that. Accuracy. Yeah. No, no, no other limitations. And uh, plus one to this fighter's range one and range two. Serenity's spell attack action is a range two. Yeah. Spell They're attack all range action. one and range two. In yeah. This deck. It's beautiful. Yeah. But uh, what happens another, if you put it on the squid? And he's got five dice. That is correct. As he gets later in the game, it's five dice for two damage. Oh, with ensnare. Ensnare. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. That's gross. But anytime I rolled ever ever rolled five dice, I fail. Anytime. That's true. Yeah. You want four or less or six or more. Don't ever ask Trace to roll five dice. Don't roll five. Never do it. Uh, all right, incredible dexterity. Uh, this is the last ep- upgrade that you want to see early. I think it just pays value over time. Uh, reaction after this fighter's activation, give this fighter one guard token. So a free guard action after the activation, that could be after a charge. So you get a stay on guard after your charge. Uh, it could be after a hammer tide. So that your leader stays where you want her to be. Um, yeah, so what are we calling the playstyle for this warband? I think it's midfield midfield aggro. Like you, yeah. It's yeah. you gotta go yeah. chop chop. Yeah, but it's not like a it's not a full invasive. No, not like a not like soul raid. Like yeah. soul raid wanted to be all up in. Yeah, I think I think they played very similar to all of the the elf factions. Is you have to pick and choose your battles when you want to go in and and right. the inspired mechanic leads to that, right? Like they ramp up, yeah. ramp up, and go. Um, yeah. They are not going to survive very well just going guns a-blazing and charging in, but uh, they definitely want to attack. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, any thoughts on boards? What type of boards we want to take? So, yeah, you want to – sorry. I'm going to go again. I'm going again because I got it go. right here. I'm ready to go. Do the you got um, Get the book? Yeah, so they they want to – you want to deploy mid middle of your board, right? Um, right. You have four-move – to range, make sure that you make it as difficult as possible for your enemy to come get you. Um, so, you know, out of the new the new box, I believe it's called Glacial Tomb is oh, the that one that I would go good. for. Yep. Like there's no, it's the one that doesn't have any other um, hazard hexes on it. But yep. it, no matter what way you put it, you'll probably be able to get your fighters kind of middle of that board so you can attack and be a little yep. hard to hit. Yeah, and I'm looking like even if you get deployed offset with this board with range four and or range, range move four, range two, and move five. I think you've got some positions. You're you're going to be able to get some attacks off. Yes. So all right, sweet. Uh, playing against it. So Jason, you kind of already covered this with the hammer tide. You're going to have to be super careful about where you put your objective tokens, where you start your fighters. Um, you got to watch those lanes that the hammer tide lays out. Um, other than that, I think, uh, I think you want to kill the thralls, right? Like, I think those are going to be the ones that end up doing the work. Um, they've got fewer wounds. Attacking Sephanir just lets your opponent reposition a fighter for free. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say killing Sephanir is a high priority. It's just, 
he's very slippery. So he's going to be hard to get yeah. down, I think. Jason, Jason, you want to go else? after him. You, if you're going to go after the squid, you got to go after him before he's inspired. Yeah. But I think yeah. the thralls are going to do a lot of the heavy lifting. I think you're right. And um, just watch out for getting staggered. Don't give their don't give them free accuracy if possible. Because remember yeah. the hammer tide, like they basically have three lanes to cast it. And yeah. if they're, you're not in one of those three lanes, they'll have to move and burn more activations. So Yep. And just note that yeah. Hammer Tide does say the first enemy fighter. It doesn't. You can yeah. pass through your fighters without any penalties. Uh, yeah. so don't. Um, any thoughts on Nemesis pairing? Well, you guys have said it already. I think that Fearsome Fortress has some interesting options because they want to be mid board anyway, right? Yeah. Yep. They have options for pushes. They've got options for going on guard. So all of the objectives that sit in Fearsome Fortress. Um. I mean, Anything that kind of spoilers, passes out but stagger tokens too. Do we think? Do we think Force of Frost or Breakneck Slaughter? I, I I do like Force of Frost with it. Um, you just you just want to give. You're exactly right. Tasty upgrade. <laughs> that that tasty taste. Yes. Um, no, I think I think that 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 con- that deck actually <clears throat> has some interesting options just from a resilience standpoint. Yeah. Um, which we will get That's into true. later. And then also um, accuracy and then ways to cast more spells. Yeah, I've, I think I think for me it's going to take... I've We've looked at some of the decks, um, but I think that they're pretty, they're pretty base faction, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. they... Um, they're aggro, they want to do X and go in and kill things. So I think there's a lot of pairings that can go through this. I think I think Breakneck Slaughter, like there are a lot, a lot of really good cards in there from an aggro standpoint. Um, the Frost deck is good. Void Curse, like and yeah. that, is the, that is the new hotness right now. And you're only on one block anyway. You don't have any range yeah. three attack actions. Well, you're yeah. already Thralls. Yeah. So. The only double Thralls. The only fighter that would suffer from that would be Sephanir if you void curse him for whatever reason. So, and then the the good old reliable Tooth and Claw from an attack yeah. standpoint, it's hard there because a lot of that stuff is range one. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's, there's probably teeth there, pun yeah. intended. But Ooh. it it might take it's not going to be a full uh, an easy slot in like it was with a uh, gnarl spirit pack. So. Cool. Um, so keep an eye out on the website. Uh, we'll, as soon as we can, we'll get, if they're not already there, we'll get Underworld's DB decks up. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's going to cover Serenity's Razors. I'm going to, nope. no, we're not, we're not done. New player rating. New player rating. Oh, new player rating. Good call. We did not talk about this, so we're shooting from the hip here. Uh, I'm going to, I mean, are they, Silver plus? I think there's silver. So silver plus may be a good way of putting it. There's yeah, still a like, lot of positional things in there, and they still will die if yeah. you like. They're not a beater warband where you can just go in. Yeah, um, you can't be the reckless with them. So. Yeah, I think their I think their deck works really well, and the fighters themselves are pretty straightforward. Yeah, but, yeah I would agree with positional that. Positional like, nature, and then the fact that you've got two three wound fighters. And there's not so unlike the other. Ideneth faction. There's not a lot going on 
in the with power them, step. In the power step with tokens and shawl token. And you know, you get to inspire each round, which is good. So you're not having to like play for your flood tide turn or whatever. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think that I think they're a solid silver. High end silver. I think if if you're talking just straight Death Gorge and you're a player that is teaching someone, this is going to be a solid warband to say, hey, try out this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of tools in the toolbox there. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, Well, Jason, I'm going to hand the virtual microphone to you to uh, walk us through the Thrice Bold Discord. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I am super. This is this is the warband. Are you tempted? I am so tempted with this warband. Um, the models are beautiful and grotesque, all at the same time. Uh, I already have a very fond loving of the Dread Pageant, so I am very excited to have this warband in play. It is a three fighter warband. Uh, and we'll kind of go through the fighter cards here. It is a little difficult because they are so different, but here we go. The leader, Vexmorn. He's a beefy boy. Um, beefy. <laughs> yeah, beefy, beefy boy. He's the leader. He is a wizard with um, level one wizard. He has five wounds. Okay. He is slow. He's only moving three, but his range attack is two. But this is where it gets weird. One hammer when he's uninspired. That's one cool. hammer? One hammer. Him? One smash? One smash. Just smashing it up. It is how three, big is the smash? It is oh, three it's, damage. It's exactly. Three damage. He's, he, <laughs> when he hits you, he hits you. But it, it's very curious that it is a single die. And I think that has a lot to do with the inspire mechanic. Mm-hmm. So the way this warband inspires, each each fighter kind of leans off of somebody else. So for the Vexmorn, uh, if he has no successes in his attacking role, his defense role, or his casting role, uh, a friendly, the coiled Vash, Vashtis, Vashtish, nailed it. Yeah, will inspire, right? So on one dot one attack die, if you're missing, at least you're getting some benefit that one of your other fighters in, are inspiring. So, but then, no, so all right, hold Vex, on. Vexmore uh, uh, inspires Lassavir. Yeah, yeah. So let me jump in. So yeah. there's a rivalry going on between these yeah. three. They hate each other, um, but they love each other. And so, so they cackle and laugh and get juiced up when they're. Like, yeah. kind of triune opposite fails. So if Vexmore fails at something, then Lassavir, the Bladed Blessing, will inspire. Yep. If Lassavir fails at something, then Vashtis, the Coil, will inspire. And then if Vashtis fails at something, then Vexmore is going to inspire. And when I say fail at something, that means they make an attack roll, defense roll, or casting roll that contains no successes. Or if their inspire ring fighter is out of action. So okay. Yeah. Like so, a triangle. Yeah, so if the, wi- the, if the wizard... Lady is out, right? Yep. Your, the, the sorceress. Vexmore inspires. The, the leader inspires. Yes. Yes. If she's out or just fails. Or dead. Ter- yep. Terrible. He, yep. he, he inspires. Okay. Yep. If the assassin, the bladed blessing, mm-hmm. is, is out or sucks, mm-hmm. then the, wiz- the wizard, the lady, the, the sorceress, yes. inspires. Yes. Okay, I get it. Yeah, so they're all just laughing and pointing and joking. This is my kind of warband. 
They're it teasing really each other for sucking. I, I love it. Yeah, yep. it's right up your alley. <laughs> and then they all have a locus, which makes it even more kind of complex, which is a, an ability on their, their fighter. And what what's his locus of? Uh... Locus of indolence. Oh, nice. Minus one damage to a minimum of one to an attack action, to attack actions that target this fighter if there are no successes in this fighter's defense roll. So if you suck again, you reduce the damage by one. <laughs> and inspire Lassevere. And inspire Lassevere at the same time. Oh, man. Minus one. That So that's pretty big. Five wound fighter. Minus one if I'm sucking. So Yeah, and that's a 50% chance to reduce damage by one. Yeah, yeah essentially. Right. <laughs> Because we've seen this before. We've seen it on Nurgle. We've seen it on Aaron Eye. Yeah. This yeah. one just like it's it's actually more reliable for the minus one damage, right? It really is. So. I'll never see it though, because I'm just single <laughs> single die card death, everybody. Uh and if he if you do get him inspired or when he does inspire, he has two block and goes to two two smash on his attack. Everything else stays the same. Um so he becomes a pretty heavy hitter. Uh, moving on to the the bladed blessing. We went through her. I'm sorry, their inspiration condition. Um, Big notes here, five move. So this assassin has five range on on their move. That's the big thing that you took from their card? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why would would I think that starting on three fury is is big? Oh, wait. And and when they (laughs) attack, their locus... They're always supported. <laughs> yeah, they have an additional supporting fighter. It doesn't even say that they're considered just to be supported. It's an additional. So if you're already yeah. supported, they gain an additional one. Yep. Not so. So, yeah, even so they're basically three, on three smash. Yeah, yeah. three smash is basically so the odds. Five, five mood. And that also accounts uh, when they're defending, right? So even though they're yeah. on a single block, they yeah. really have better odds. Uh, when they inspire, they go to three smash, three smash, and grievous. Oh my gosh! And keep the and keep the Nando. locus. And, yep, yeah, and, keep and they the keep locus. the locus, so they're so, still supported. No. Man, that's that's some Just missing on swords and double and doubles. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my gosh! All right, and then the the sorceress, um, she has fly and is a level two. Um, Two dodge, so this one, you know, it's a little little better on the defensive roll. Does have an attack action for two hammers and a smash, um, but also has a spell attack action range three on focus for one damage. Um, her little locus is that if she is adjacent to an enemy fighter, they cannot be supported while they are a target of an attack action. So probably the weakest of all the locuses, but still... Like, you know, not being supported is kind of nice. But then when when she inspires, what I love is she goes to range four on her spell attack action. So there you go, Heffel. On channels. And goes to channel. Yeah. Someone coming Please. back at you. Hey. Really, really cool and really, really different, you know, fighters. Um, yeah. It, for- it almost feels like three war bands. Like, like yeah. each of them. Like, I like the amount of individuality. Like, it really plays into, like, that they're not a team that they're just like three people that have been stuck together and they have to figure out how to make it work. It's pretty sweet. And I would say people in the loosest definition of the word people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are awesome. 
And so is this first objective, giving the uh, assassins locus, right? So we, we want a great starting hand, and escalating screams may just be a great starting hand, because score this immediately after a friendly fighter's successful supported attack action. Oh, that I seems pretty to... easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... No. The, the, one successful attack action by Lassavir, we're done. Great. We're done. Awesome. Trace, what, what's your first objective you want to? Uh, I'm going to go with Violent Excess. Surge, score this immediately after your Warband's second or subsequent successful attack action that targeted the same fighter in the same phase. Nice. As long as you're not doming anybody with Vexmore. No. Yeah. I mean, I just plink them away with a range three cast and boom, boom, no. boom. I love it. Jared? All right, so the last one, another Surge. This is Born of Damnation. Surge, score this immediately after playing your second or subsequent Temptation card in the same phase. What What's that? the heck what? is a Temptation, temptation. card? Well, did we just pick well, three Surges? We, just we did pick three, three Surges. That's and, crazy. Uh, and I'll tell you what a Temptation is as we yeah. move into our Gambits. Heart's Desire. So this is a Temptation. There's a theme here. Pick an opponent. That player picks one. Option one. You push one fighter in that player's warband up to two hexes so that the fighter is adjacent to one or more fighters from your warband. So I look at you and say, do I get to push one of your fighters two hexes so that they're adjacent to one of my fighters? Or do I get to stagger each fighter from your warband that is within three hexes of one or more fighters from your warband? Do you know who's not going to be afraid to be within three hexes of a lot of fighters? Vexmore with his five wounds. <laughs> and now you're staggered. Like yeah. your whole warband is now staggered. I it's that, that is not a fun choice. That is not a choice I want to make. So we, we've seen we've seen the the uh the choices with Ozark Bone Reapers, right? Canaan's Canaan's Yeah, Canaan's has some um, I think the dwarves weren't the um wasn't Thunder yeah, Puppeteers Thund- the first one. he was the first, right? He was the first yeah. one to have that yeah. like Either push or take a damage. Yeah, yeah, push or take a damage. Um, Even Velmorn, the Velmorn has one where you get to pick two out of three. So we've seen these before, but just for context, this warband has a lot of temptations. Um, I think it's a great, great mechanic. It feeds into their theme perfectly, and most of the temptations like neither choice is good. Neither (laughs) one are. Neither one are good. (laughs) Yeah. So. What I like about that, though, just from a gameplay perspective, is it invites um, engagement from your opponent yeah. in your power step, which I think is really cool. That is cool. So, is there any other temptations we want to talk about right now? Well, I'm gonna, game? I'm gonna do a different one and let you talk about the other temptation. Right You're gonna avoid stuff. temptation. I'm gonna avoid the temptation. How I'm gonna say no you? to you. No to your temptation. And I'm going to pick Sublime Harmonies. In the next activation, each friendly fighter supports each friendly fighter within three hexes. It's so good. Holy crap. So now you've staggered three dudes, potentially, or a whole warband, depending on how far away they were. And you mean to tell me that everybody within three hexes of me is now supporting me if I make an attack action? What? Yeah, Lassavir is not missing. <laughs> He's not missing. Unless only on unless only on Trace. Soul. Unless Trace yeah, yeah unless I'm playing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Poor poor Vashtis will never inspire. 
So the last, the, the, the third card, um, and another temptation, um, is, uh, irresistible <laughs> feast. Sorry. I was reading and not talking. That's, it makes great radio when you do that. Um, it's a temptation. Play this only if one or more enemy fighters are adjacent to one or more friendly fighters. Pick an opponent. That player picks one. That player deals one damage to each fighter adjacent to one or more fighters. We'll come back to that in a second. Or you deal one damage to a fighter in that player's warband. So the second choice is if you say, yeah, take the, you deal one damage to a fighter in my warband, I get to pick anyone on the board one damage. or one for one damage, or you can let me deal one damage to each fighter adjacent to one or more fighters. Yeah. So that will hurt my own player, my own, own people. Yep. If I'm adjacent, cause I am to play the card, but every other model on the board that is adjacent to someone is taking a damage. Mm-mm. When Yikes. you get in that mid mid game scrum, that could be a lot of plink going out. Well, what up, Exile Dead? <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> at, that, at that point, I'd be like, just pick one fighter. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you, you pick whatever one you want. That's um, fine. It's awesome. Yes. So I'm going to jump right into the to the upgrades just because I want to talk about false gifts. So, oh, the, so good. The Helm of Insight. It's a false gift. This is an upgrade, and I love this. We've seen it in Void Curse, but this is this is really really comes to life is in this this uh, rivals deck for this warband. You can give this upgrade to an enemy fighter. I love it. This fighter's defensive characteristics is two shield and cannot be modified further. So you're just on two shield. That's all you're going to get. This fighter cannot have line of sight to fighters that are two or more hexes away. Reaction, Ooh. break this card. Resist, action, yeah. break this card. Resist, action, yeah. Uh, yeah it's so, an action to break this card. Yes. So here you go, Heffalump. I give you this false gift. Now I have to pay a glory. And yes, your defense characteristic gets better because you're on two block. But now you cannot target anything that is not adjacent to you unless you burn an activation to break this card. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it. it's pretty so good. freaking cool. And yeah. the big difference between this and the one that we've seen in Void Cursed is you just hand the, the Void Cursed card to the player, and the player gets to choose what they yeah. put it on. Not this one. You say, here you go. Put this on Heffalump, please. Yeah. You're like, oh, my gosh. That's so good. <laughs> but so wait, good. there's more. Because yeah. it does not have to go to your enemy. You're right. You can no. put it on the assassin. Yep. And now she's on two shields with support. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Yes, that's correct. Yep. So I love it. It's a great upgrade. What's the next yep. one, Trace? Uh, I am picking Icon of Excess. Oof. It is a spell action. Deal one damage to this fighter. Regardless of whether it goes off. Deal one damage to this fighter. If cast, each surviving friendly fighter can make a one move or one attack action. (laughs) Oh my! This is so good. So you're getting everybody moves, or everybody attacks. 
but I take a damage. Moves and two people attack, or yeah, you can do move or yeah, attack, can. but yeah. it's three activations yeah. for one. That's yeah. crazy for one damage. And it, yeah, and it's it's cool because I don't think we've ever seen a card where it just automatically deals a damage on like it doesn't have to go off. Like you, it just if you not a spell, this, right? Yeah, I feel like spell. there was a. Wasn't there like a, a hungry blade or something? Maybe. Hungry oh, yeah. blade or something? Yeah. Hungry yeah. blade did one. It dealt you. It dealt you a damage. Um, yeah. But that was just an attack action, and you. Had and remember, there are there are two wizards or yeah. sorcerers in this in this warband, so it can go on two of them, and there are cards objectives that want you to be damaged. So, yeah. pretty good synergy. Good pick, Trace. Jared, yep. bring us home. Yeah. So I'm gonna take the sadistic epitome. Uh, plus one damage to this fighter's attack actions that target an enemy fighter with one or more wound counters. So I think there'll be some wound counters on the board. What you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, all right. So we didn't call this one out, but I'm going to call it out anyway. Um, so we have another false gift. This is yeah. an attack action upgrade. This is the perfect blade. This is range one, three smash, three damage. It's a false gift. So you can give this upgrade to an enemy fighter, but this fighter is not considered to have any other upgrades or attack actions other than this attack action. So you put this on an enemy fighter and it negates all of their upgrades. So not to pick on Ephelm again, but you've got the like heal after, you know, heal after an attack. You've got the, or heal after your dealt damage. You've got your reroll casting upgrade. You've got your plus one defense upgrade on. Yeah. None of those count as long as you have this perfect blade on. And it's, but does it have the resist to break it? It does have the resist does, action yeah. break this card. Yeah. So all of the false gifts have the resist. And I think, action yeah. And I mean, listen, three, three, three smash for three damage is a great upgrade to have in your hand anyway. Yes. But I think what you can see here is like you can really take activations when you only have 12 activations in a game, you can take them away from someone or heavily disrupt, yep. you know, their, their game their plan. plan. Really, yeah. any anybody who relies on their on-card attacks that yeah. generate something for their warband, like if it's got like stagger on it for, you know, Dintelos or whatever, mm-hmm. yep, that is now gone <laughs> unless they react or not react, but if they take an action and break it, so very disruptive. Yep. I I think it's a really cool card, and it also works for you. If you want to just get another big swingy person out and start, yeah, yeah like if you want, damage. if you want Vashtis to be able to come out and just whack somebody for three damage, yeah, or like Lassavir to have a three hammer supported three damage attack, yeah, <laughs> it's good times, good stuff. All right, so boards, or, I'm sorry, play style first. Trace, what what type of play style you got? Uh, this is control, top to bottom. Yeah, Jason's bag, for sure. But isn't and it? It's so... And I am terrified. I am uncomfortable. <laughs> Not only with the looks of this warband, with the look in Jason's eye. Yeah, it's you just it's see like Slanesh squirming. Yeah, it's. There. I'm worried. I am worried. I'm gonna for call my the great before too long. The Inquisition. Coming you in. might you might have to. Who knew that I was actually a chaos player? Uh, we all did. You you were Dark Angels player. Yes, correct. Hi oh man, got it. Got actually, it. you can't really say that anymore after Son of the Forest. I know, right? 
Can't. book is so good. Spoilers? That's another plug. Um, so, but it's not your normal control, right? Like, it, there's not a ton of pushes in this in this um, warband because it's like, no, but it is a hundred percent denial of something. It is yeah. a it is a control in a different way than we've seen before, which is making your opponent make bad decisions that they can't avoid. Yeah, it's not about positioning anymore. It is about saying, here, which one do you want? They both suck. But which yeah. one do you think sucks a little less at this particular moment? <laughs> which uh, which of these two horrible options are you going to right. choose? That's right. Or here, it's my power step. I'm going to spend a glory. Um, here, take this upgrade and put it on this person. And you're like, but I don't want that upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the other upgrades. To take it, sorry. Too bad. That's a lot Too of bad. Okay, Jared, now boards. Yeah, so um, I mean, I th- I think you kind of need to be slightly aggressive. Um, you're you're gonna need one good aggressive placement. So if we're gonna look at our available boards from the from the thing, um, Death Gorge, from Death Gorge, yep. Um, I I kind of like the Frost Rack Ruins. So you got a, you got four points, right? Like you've got the four points of the compass, no matter which way you rotate the, your board. You got one on close to the edge, so that's yeah. where Vexmore is going to go. And then you've got some staggered behind that, so you've got you know options. The cover hexes, I mean, those yeah. could do you some good. It could. The only thing here is if you're placing first, that board could be heavily offset, so be careful with that. But for your placement, I think that's a great selection, sir. Yeah, I don't think that. So I don't think the offset hurts you as bad. It's just because they're at least from Vexmore might get Vexmore might be a little hindered, but um, Vashvir should be fine. Yeah, and Vash just with with her and Vash just should be fine anyway. Yeah, yeah. So good, good selection. So what am I? What What are you going to do to take me down, Trace? Please tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Take it to the house is what I'm going to do. I'm just. There you go. Jared, do you have a plan? Because Trace doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean. (laughs) Yes, please. the the, The assassin does only have three wounds, right? Yeah. I mean, taking out two fight. If you can get two fighters down. Yeah. which is really the key. Like, it's a three-fighter yeah. warband. They're not exactly resilient. So you have a three-wound fight, a three wound fighter, a four-wound fighter that's on two dodge. Yeah. But, you know, a little bit of ensnare in your warband, and you've gotten around that. So, like, yeah. if you can get the caster down and the assassin... Just please, for the love of God, get the assassin down. Yeah, try just leverage will, whatever super accurate ping attacks they will destroy you. you have. Yeah. <laughs> like they will they will dismantle your entire warband if you just let them run around in yeah. your in your board stud. Yeah, don't so, don't don't give an easy target for the assassin. Yeah, don't yeah. Fast. Yeah, yeah. They're fast and they will get there and they will hit you. Yeah, they're accurate. Um and from the objectives that we've you know discussed, like they want to be they want to do multiple attack actions. They want to do, um, they want to plink you down, but they want to do it quickly. Um, 
and with accuracy from supports. So like they have the cards to do those things. So try not to give easy targets to them. And then just try and control line of sight to keep Vashtis from being able to plink you um, and potentially get around some of Vexmore's range too because that when he connects it's you're going to feel that too um yeah that's that's how i would approach it just try and control line of sight make you know don't provide easy targets and just okay they're yeah. going to want to be on your side of the board anyway because they're aggressive so yeah. yep nemesis pairings yeah this one i'm i'm so what I would say for Nemesis pairings, the way I am going to approach it, because I am super excited to try this Warband, is I'm going to play the Rivals deck five times. Yep. Because I really need to find out hmm. what Temptations and what False Gifts fit best for just them. Yeah. And then I'm going to take those, select my objectives, and then find the pairing that goes best with that. Oh. Um, you know, I right away, like... The, the the ping damage out of Daring Delvers kind of uh, kind of yeah. piques my interest. Um, a range four star maw with uh, support. Fearsome Fortress. Oh, that's Fearsome yeah, Fortress. That's right. Sorry. Fearsome Fortress also could be could be a pick, but I think like Fearsome Fortress is just a good you know a good starting place for for anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where I'm gonna go. Um, I do think that. The, the new deck, the Frost Curse, whatever. What is this one called? Oh. Frosty Frost. Frost. Bang. May, uh, May Force of it. Frost is the name. Force of Frost. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I'm going to approach it. And I know that doesn't help anyone listening to this that, that wants to jump right into Nemesis. But I also think it's like this is just so new and unique that I want to play a couple games and then yeah. pair it down from there. I like it. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that wraps up the Warbands from Death Gorge. We will new, take new, a break. New, new player rating. Oh, new player rating. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so excited to get through it all. <sighs> I think they're silver. Yeah. Just from a learning curve perspective. It's three, yeah. three I don't think they're man. bronze. Yeah, it's a three-fighter Warband, yeah. and that helps the learning curve because um, there's always the draw a card. I would just like, argue that You love all of their power cards anyway. Right? They're so on draw. card abilities to me push them into silver just because yeah. they're all so good at their thing. Right. Yeah. Like as long yeah. as you place them semi intelligently, you're going to have success with them. I think. Yeah. Um, because as we saw from the objectives, like they're going to score. Those are going to score. Yeah. Where they're, where they're going to, where it seems like they're going to fizzle out is the back end. They don't have really good, reliable two glory scores in their rivals deck. Hmm. But if you can get those kind of easy surges to start off and get the fuel cooking and get the temptations, get the false gifts out there, um, they'll work. And, you know, I'm, they're resilient. At least the big guy's resilient enough to make a couple mistakes. But if you lose a fighter, for a new player, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit difficult to come back with just the assassin and and the yeah. uh, sorceress. Fair so, enough. All right, with that, that concludes this review of of um <clears throat> the thrice full Discord, and we'll be back to go over 
the rival stacks. And we're back, and we are here to cover the Rivals decks that were included with Death Gorge. So this is going to be Breakneck Slaughter and Force of Frost in that order. So we'll kick things off with the break of th Breakneck Slaughter. Uh, this has a plot card. Uh, it has your standard plot card rules at the top, and then the actual plot card itself is Impetus. Uh, plus one move to each fighter that has one or more momentum counters. Interesting. We don't know what a momentum counter is. Uh, after the reaction step that follows an activation step for each fighter that has one or more momentum counters, that fighter's player picks an opponent. That opponent places the scatter hex, scatter token in that fighter's hex and pushes that fighter X hexes in the direction indicated by the smash symbol, where X is the number of that fighter's momentum counters, then removes that fighter's momentum counters. If that fighter cannot be pushed into a hex, that fighter is not pushed and stagger that fighter. So... If you have any momentum counters after an activation, after reactions to that activation, yeah, that's then a different opponent, window for us, right? Very, yeah, yeah, like, it's very, specific. yeah, it's very specific, very specific. Um, which is yeah, why that timing so, thing is in this book. Yep. <laughs> um, well, yeah, but your opponent gets to push your fighter in a direction of their choice. A number of hexes equal to the number of momentum counters that you have. So you can even force the stagger. Yeah, just push you in the cell, into your cell. Push you, push you into another fighter, push you into the edge hex, a blocked hex, whatever the case is. So uh, that's interesting. I'm assuming that there are going to be ways to get momentum counters out. Otherwise, it seems like this is a very silly plot card. Um, <laughs> I doubt that that's going to happen in the objectives, but we do want to cover those. So we're going to you know do our standard thing. Uh, looking for the three objectives that you want to see early in the game. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to start. I'll kick things off uh, just because I am eager for the fight with eager for the fight. So this is one of those juicy two glory in phase cards. Score this in an in phase if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more charge tokens and or is within two hexes of one or more enemy fighters. So how many glory? Everybody's it's two glory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So so everybody has charged. Four fighters have charged, or you're in a scrum, right? That is sounds like eager for the fight to me. Mm -hmm. So and definitely you know something that you want early because you can stack that glory, get the train rolling, and roll things out. It's not bad late though. Like if you no. only have one fighter. Yeah. As long as you got a charge token, bam. As long as you got a charge token. Done. Or is within Nailed two it. hexes of one or more enemy fighters. Yep. All right, uh, what do we want to see next? I have a need. A need? A need for speed. Okay, Maverick. Uh, that's right. Um, score this in an in phase. If each surviving friendly fighter has one or more move and or charge tokens. Hmm. Well, that sounds familiar. Weird. Yeah, sure does. Nice. Three, three, three glory in the in phase. Done. There you go. Bam. Done. Yep. On to the All surge. Right, Gale Force. Surge, score this immediately after your Warband's third or subsequent attack action in the same phase. Wait a minute, so I'm charging... Did you say successful? No, just just make an attack action. The third one. Nice. Bam. That's yeah. sweet. That's pretty. That's four glory. That's pretty easy, man. Yeah, pretty I love it. I like that's it. It's pretty good. Let's move on to those, uh, those gambits. Gambits, yeah. Yeah, let's just see... So how... Oh, you got it? Go ahead. I love, I love Devastation. Oh, you do? Um, 
Yeah, I do. So we would be remiss if we didn't include plus one damage cards. So this is Devastating Charge. Choose a friendly fighter. Give the chosen fighter two momentum counters. Aha, here we oh, go. There we go. Plus one damage to that fighter's range one and range two attack actions in the next activation step. The flavor text for this is Riptooth Kill. Hmm. Attributed to Magor Redhand. <laughs> I didn't know that Magor had a last name. He does. Um, yeah, obviously it's Red Hand. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> nice. Um, so two momentum counters, so plus one damage to your attack, uh-huh. but you're going to get pushed two hexes for your troubles. Or get Maybe. a stagger cone. Or get a stagger cone. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Well, at least on this card alone. That's at least on this card alone, yes. On this card alone. Yep. But there's probably right. ways to remove counters, too. I hope I so. Imagine. Yep. Um, what do we want next, Trace? Well, since you're wanting to be devastating, I want to be reckless. So um, this is reckless charge. Choose a friendly fighter. Give the chosen fighter two momentum counters. Plus one dice to that fighter's range one or range two attack actions in the next step. So you mean to tell me I could be plus one damage, plus one dice, and have four momentum counters. And plus one move. So that's on the plot card. I feel like I glossed over that. The plot card says... If you have any momentum counters, yeah. uh, it is it is plus one move for each to each fighter that has one or more momentum counters. Yep. So yeah, it's not cumulative. So it's that's not good. cumulative, but it is. It's a big deal. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it's massive. You have to move as soon as you get a momentum counter. So just yeah. think about how powerful. And I understand that there is some drawback to these because you're getting two momentum counters. So after this activation, that fighter will be pushed to or pushed into something and get a stagger counter, right? But right. Each one of these, like the plus one dice, is always good on a ploy, period, right? right? Plus one damage, we've learned to love, especially in the ploy, because early game, it gets you that boost you need. But you're yep. also getting plus one move for each of these cards. Like, it's, like, yeah. by it's themselves. Two gambits in, yeah. It's two gambits in one. In plus one. one move and plus one dice, or plus one move and plus one damage. Yeah. Now, the move doesn't stack. It's just flat plus one. Right. But, like, it is... It's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think we're just going to have to roll with the punches here. Yeah. Because you you guys are being reckless and, and devastating. devastating. So I'm just rolling with the punches, which is the third gambit. And the next activation, when a friendly fighter is the target of an attack action, give that fighter one momentum counter, minus one damage to a minimum of one from the attack action until it has been resolved. We've seen a lot of minus one damage cards out there before. The difference here is there's no choose. So you play this gambit yeah, and it sits there. And if your opponent is going to attack, you give that fighter, whatever fighter they select a momentum counter, which means they're going to be pushed. Right. Um, but it's minus one damage. That's really freaking good. Yeah. Very, very good. Just really on good. tap minus one. It's great. All right, uh, Jason. So let's reverse the order here. We're, we're reversing the order. Yep. Okay. Well, now I have to make a choice, and I'm just going to go with Hurricane Darts because, because, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> it's range four, so it's an attack action upgrade. Hurricane Darts range four, um, smash star, and for two damage, the dice characteristic is equal to one plus the number of the fighter's momentum counters. 
oh wow that's pretty sweet so if i have like two momentum counters it's one plus two is three hammers range four two damage and it doesn't break so i get to keep this card that is that is juicy i like that attack action upgrade that's a good one seems seems pretty good all right trace um well i hope that i have this card in hand if you have that card in hand and i've got a bunch of momentum counters because um i want some defensive capabilities because this is moving mark while this fighter has one or more move and or charge tokens this fighter's defense characteristic is two shield and this fighter cannot be on guard after this fighter's move action give this fighter one momentum counter wow Nice. So if I stacking. so if I had this on the hurricane darts, I could charge and get two smash. Yep. Wow, that's pretty you sweet. And smash. your defense characteristic would be two shields, two block. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Sweet. Brainstorm. So, so so far it has sounded like only my fighters are going to get knocked around by this impetus ability, um, but we got my boy Jedron here in the card art for battering ram. It's a plus one move upgrade. It also has a reaction after the deal damage step of this fighter's attack action that targeted an adjacent enemy fighter. Give the target this fighter's momentum counters. Mm. So (laughs) your boy Jedron could come in with four momentum counters at five move now, because he's got this upgrade plus battering ram plus one move. Plus the plus one move for momentum. Mm-hmm. And like he could hit. So obviously you need the fighter to still be alive for this. Yeah. Yeah. To if, get rid of we, the momentum. We've counters. tooled him up that much. That fighter's dead. But so either you're going to be able to kill a fighter or you're going to be able to hit like a four, five wound fighter for four damage and then knock him to the moon, Alice. Yeah. Probably into a lethal hex or, <laughs> or, know, or, or, you, or you stagger him. Yeah. Or you push him back into yourself and you stagger him. And yeah, you might take a hit, but. Now he's staggered. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool. I really, really, I like that. And I think it is worth noting here because, again, it is a different operating procedure than we're used to. This is a reaction. So most things in this game happen in Windows. It's an activation or it happens in a reaction. Remember that the the, um, plot card, impetus, goes after the reaction step of the activation. So it's activation step, reaction step, then the plot card impetus. Like, so you you'll be you'll have that window to transfer the tokens, make yep. make that reaction, and then the 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 um, pushes will take place or the stagger will take place. Sweet, so, gentlemen. I think I think ooh. the play style is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Feels pretty aggressive to me. It's uh, extremely aggressive. This may be from the the ploy cards. These are probably some of the best ploy cards. I really like the design space that there is a little bit of a negative that you're getting yep. pushed or you're getting staggered. Um, but these ploy cards are definitely juicy for any for any aggro warband. The other yep. nice subtle thing here is, you know, plot cards aren't always well received. But having this plot locked for championship, which we don't talk a lot about here, I think is really, really nice because the cards are so powerful. 
But yeah. if this wasn't, these cards would be everywhere in championship. Yeah. Bananas with nothing yeah. to do with the momentum counters. Yeah, so um, Warband recommendations. Oh, there's so many I have for this. Yeah, there's a lot. This is um, this is gonna be a fun deck. To this will be with. fun to bust out some old war bands just to try, and see what happens. Like, I mean, like Garrick Reavers of the world, Garrick's Reavers, Magor's Fiends. Yeah, Magor's Fiends like, fit really well with this. Iron yeah. Skulls boys, Iron Skull boys. This may have enough uh, oomph to get them played again. Yes, I think yeah. Kagra's has some play. I like Kagra. With these, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good like four fighters. I think is probably where you want to cap or. Reavers, where you know fighters are going to die, right? Like, because yeah. Kagra is pretty slow, at least to start with, and this gets yeah. around that. Oh, and but they do go to move four when they inspire. They do, don't they? yeah. They'd be real quick. Oh, yep. they'd be sneaky quick. Yep. So you can that get be good. some heavily armored Chaos Warriors up the board pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Don't um, forget about the good old reliable Crimson Court. Yep. Yep. Always, always stand by. And crushes. I think that this I deck crushes overcomes. Plays really well this yeah, deck. overcomes a be cool. little bit. Uh, crushes. Yeah. <laughs> crushes may be back. Yeah. Yeah. That's... You're gonna lose out, I think, on some of their hold stuff. All right, the hold one in enemy territory, hold two, like the the oh no, because you meet the mm-hmm. conditions yeah. to score the surges before the impetus ability fires. Yep, after an activation step. Uh, no, that's... it's after the reaction step that follows the activation step. So activation, reaction, this inspire surge. Yeah, okay. but, but you met still, the conditions. Yeah, you met the conditions. Yeah, you met the conditions to score the yeah. surge. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Even if you get pushed off. During the activation and during the reactions to that activation, because this happens after yeah. all of the reactions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you'll still get those Delicious. juicy hold surges. Yeah. Even though you're getting ping-ponged around i like it um boards as always you're just going to pick something that matches your war band um so go back if you want to look at that playing against this How, what do we think guys uh, i mean it's gonna be that's more war band reliant but uh i think um, just be prepared for chaos yeah. really yeah like because yeah. i've already dubbed this the the pinball deck like because you just don't know where you're going to end up after you do something sometimes and your opponent just just has to be prepared for that too well you as well like you like you have no idea where at any given time what fighter is going to end up i think it fits super thematic with death gorge in the ice like i just picture yes like a frozen tundra and like all this ice and they're just sliding around sliding all over the place yep um so one play style that i you may select with this, and again, this is there has to be some testing, but you may want to pick some lethal boards. Yep. So to try and just see if you can get some extra cheeky push yeah. damage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So if you throw the momentum counters on your opponent and push them into lethals. Yeah, or even as a defense, right? Like, okay, oh, so yeah. there's only so many ways to pass the momentum counters to me, like. Now you're coming in, and I'm going to push you into a lethal for. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, if you're playing against it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good choice. Yeah, that's a good shout. Cool. Oh, oh, oh. Um. Yeah, uh, new player rating. I like this I, one. I I like it. I do think it sits in the silver though, just because of the unknown nature of 
where you're going to end up with it. So like, yeah, the fact that it happens after all of your reactions is really nice because you're going to get like your full activation. Yeah, absolutely. But you just don't know. But you're going to, who knows where you're going to end up. But you can't plan, like you can't say with this deck, okay, I'm going to do this thing and then I'm going to charge with another fighter and that'll give me all my charge tokens. Yeah. Because you just don't, you may not be there. Right. <laughs> to then do your activation. Although right. you'll be able to move still. So that's nice. You will, but it's, I think it's you just going to be. You may not get your attack off. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you just have to embrace the chaos, I think. Yeah. I did not skip the new player rating this time. You did not. You did a good job. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't uh, break neck through it. So uh, with that, uh, I'll pass the virtual mic to Trace. Oh, this, this deck. Um, and take us home. This deck has me so excited for just a lot of reasons. One, I love spells. Spells yes. are awesome. And this deck has a bunch of spells. Uh, exactly half of the ploys are spells. Half are Nice spell or you know gambits, gambits that are spells, and the yeah, other the ones are are ploys. Yeah, nice. so you can is you can potentially not take any spells, or you can take all the spells and play a spell heavy deck. Um, and there's a reason why you might want to take a spell heavy deck at some point when we get to some of these cards. Um, but this is uh, it's all themed around frost and ice. This whole thing. So yeah. I will kick us off with the first. There is no plot card. No plot Not card. Not plot locked. Not plot locked. Um, the first the first objective is cold-blooded surge. Score this immediately after your warband takes an enemy fighter out of action and uh out, enemy fighter and enemy territory out of action. So kill an enemy fighter in enemy territory. Yeah, you um, want that early because you want to make you sure. You want that early because it may not happen later. <laughs> no. Um, but this is um advancing strike. For those for ye olden days, players who have been around for a while, this was a staple back in the aggro, aggro, aggro meta. Uh, Jason, why don't you bring us in with the second one? Which one do you like? Next? Uh, I like the biting wind. Score this in end phase if there are no enemy fighters in your territory for one glory. Again, we want it early because we yep. want to make sure that that uh, those those pesky enemies are staying over there. And I'm going to net yep. one glory. Nice little one glory early denial. Hopefully one of those fools that comes in with their breakneck. So yeah, right. Cards gets <laughs> bounced right back in their own territory. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All right. And so the last objective that we think you want to see early is Glacial Cool. This is score this immediately after an opponent's power step if a friendly leader holds an objective within one hex of no one's territory. So kind of mm-hmm. leaning into that, the hold within one, right? It seems that the designers are pushing the game in that direction, you know, trying to keep the action alive in the game. Um, your chances are better for this earlier, right? Your leader being alive. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, your leader being in a place where they can get on an objective token with uh, within one hex of no one's territory. So, and uh, not a bad surge. I do like the after an opponent's power step. So yeah, there's a chance for, for denial there, like where the opponent can disrupt it up. Yep. Jared, why don't you just uh, bounce back and do a ploy while we're at it? 
Yeah, no, that that's uh, good. Um, I feel uh, a little frozen to the spot. Yeah. Since you called me out like that. Yeah. So that's the card we're going to go with. So choose an enemy fighter after the chosen fighter's activation in which they made one or more move actions deal one damage to that fighter. This effect persists until the end of the phase or until that fighter is taken out of action. So this is a good control card, right? Like it, it can mean that your opponent just opts not to move that fighter for this round, which is probably good. It's probably mm-hmm. better for you than not. But if they do choose to move that fighter, they're going to take one damage. And so that's going to put most fighters within one shot. You know who hates this card? Who hates this card? Void Curse Thralls. Oh, yeah, because they have all the move. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, and it's each time they move. And remember, yeah. a charge super yeah. action is a move. Yeah. So it is, it is in their activation after the chosen fighters activation. Oh, that's fair. They made yep. one or more move actions. So it's not every time they make, like if you have a gambit to make a move action or something. That would be, that would be bad. I don't want to do that. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I will go next, uh, and I will pick Icy Foreboding. Um, pick an opponent with one or more power cards. Oh, I like where this is going. That opponent picks one. They give one fighter in their warband that has no charge tokens one charge token, or they discard two power cards or one power card if they only have one. All that sucks. Yeah. All of it. Um... So as long as they have, as long as they're not burnt out. See what I did yeah. There? yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely will lose the rest of their power cards, but then you help them score burnt out. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true. I, I just, I, I like the whole, like uh, it's, that's choice. this reeks hand. of blue magic deck. That's what this is. Yeah. All right. I got the last one. Are you guys ready yeah, for do. a time trap? I'm ready what? for a time trap. Yeah. Here, because here it comes. It's, it's called the called time freeze. Music. It's not. But it's like we're in a time trap because we've seen this before. That's almost, sure but it's like better than time trap. It is. It is way. It's, I, I it's, think it's better. It's it's really worded well now. So time freeze is the gambit. Play this only in your power step. So for clarification, that is after your activation is your power step. So you'd have to play it then. Choose two friendly fighters. Give each chosen fighter one ice counter, which uh, I don't know if we've called out ice counters here. We do in any of the upgrades. We don't. There is mother, but there are benefits to having ice counters within this deck. So you get one of those and one guard token. Hmm. So two fighters get a guard token. If I play this card in your next activation step, you must take the pass action. If you're following activation step in in your following activation step in the same phase, so it will not carry over round to round. It just is in your the same phase. You can take two activations. In each of those activations, you must activate a different chosen fighter or pass. So you only can select the two fighters that you chose with this gambit. Yep. And you get two activations back to back. This is super... I think it's super cool. It is pretty balanced because your opponent is also going to get two activations in a row because you're taking a pass action. Um, But if you play this, so if you go second and you play this after your second activation, you will skip your third activation, making your opponent go 
their third and their fourth, right? And then you will get to do your fourth activation with two activations, taking your third and fourth to close out the round. That's so good. So they've already moved. They're already in position. There's no rebuttal. Like, yeah, go. Um, it is very cool. Now, if one of your fighters is taken out in in their activations, you don't get to select another fighter. Like, you lose that activation. So there's a cost. And I just love this card is so cool. Yeah. And it, well, and it, I, th- I think if you think about it this way, right? Yeah, you have to take the pass action. But since you give two fighters a guard token, yeah. you've really just you taken might... a guard action with two separate fighters. Yes. If you look at it from that perspective. And, you, and you've gotten to take that action before your opponent's act- activation. Right. Yeah. Yes. So you have two fighters on guard prior to your opponent's yep. activation. And you still get your power step. Yep. You still get your power step. Yep. And there's all the things that come with being on guard, like you can't be driven back. All that stuff. Yeah. I, lo- I, lo- I love it. Love it. I love it. I love it. It's so good. It's pretty slick. Uh, Jared, just keep us going. What you? Yeah, so got? we talked about ice counters. Yeah. Um, so I think let's talk about a card that provides a benefit if you have ice counters. So this yeah. is the Frost Worm Cloak. You cannot give this to a large fighter. Minus one damage to a minimum of one from attack actions that target this fighter while this fighter has one or more ice counters. Reaction. After this fighter's activation, give this fighter one ice counter. So put it on and put them on guard and give them an ice counter. Now, now they're minus one damage, um, you know, or you played time freeze. And so they get it already. And then you apply the upgrade. And so now not only are they on guard, but they're also minus one damage. I think the biggest so. balancing factor on this is that you can't give it to a large fighter, but yes, I really, oh, yeah, really, yeah. really like that card. Like just having yep. minus one damage is just great. It's pretty good. Jason, what about you? Oh, uh, let me see. I think I'm going to stay with the gar- the darts here. So Blizzard Darts, which is an attack action upgrade. Range 3, 3 Fury for 1 damage. Reaction after this attack action. Give this fighter 1 ice counter. Oh, I'm starting oh. to see a theme. Yep. Uh, it's, it's getting chilly. It's dark darts, but giving ice counters. Giving ice counters. All right. And I will uh, bring us home, and I will cast an icy glare upon both of you. Um, reaction after this, after an enemy fighter's move action that ends within two hexes of this fighter, if that fighter's player has one or more cards in their power hand, one, one or more power cards in their hand than you, that player discards one power card. Rough. Oof. You end within two hexes. Let's see. I have one power card left. You have two. Well, you got to get rid of one of those. Yeah. That's pretty good. That stinks. So I guess that yep. I guess that wraps up, huh? That's that's it. That's that's all we got to talk about. Uh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> this is the so best is upgrade the- to ever be added to Underworlds. I'm just saying, hands down, one hundred percent. No, no contest. No contest. My favorite item ever is the Everwinter Staff, aka the Wizard Hat. For our Warhammer Fantasy players. For our Warhammer Fantasy players. This is an attack action upgrade. It is range two. It is two smash, and it is two damage. Who cares? I don't care. You cannot give this to a corn fighter. Why can't you give this to a corn fighter? This fighter is a wizard, 
with a wizard level of two. Unless it would be higher. So you mean to tell me I can stick this on Molog the Mighty and he becomes a level two smartest troll ever spellcaster. Yep. <laughs> Is that good? Absolutely not. But I can do it and that That's makes right. me happy. Yes. Yeah. This is the perfect deck for this to go into. Yeah. Uh, it really gets around some of the things that we've seen with rivals decks that yep. are spell focused um, mm-hmm. for yep. warbands that don't have a spell caster. Now you could have a way to kind of access the yep. re- rest of the deck, but more importantly, the most efficient spell casting warbands are the ones that have multiple wizards. Um, and now you have a way to have multiple wizards in your, in your warband, even if you come stock with one. So yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, and I've I've kind of lovingly started calling wizards warbands that have multiple wizards in them already. So like your your um, Crimson Storm Court, Stormsire, Domitan, Domitan, the Thrice, Electric Thrice Boogaloo. Bowl. Um, you know your the zombies. There's Exalted, two wizards yep. in there. I've lovingly started calling this deck the Triwizard Tournament deck because <laughs> you can have three wizards in in any in any warband that has two already, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Um like you could put this on uh Lassavir. Put it on Lassavir. Yeah, you have three yep. wizards in the Thricefold Discord. You can give it to Sephanir, because Sephanir is not a beast. And he can hold a staff. <laughs> so now you have so... a wizard. A wizard, a squizzard, yeah, if you will. A squizzard who has a range two, two smash, two damage attack, but he can also and help cast, yeah, cast. cast spells it, and he can ink away. Yeah, there's all kinds of cool little shenanigans you can do with this card. So, yeah. jokingly, I say it's the greatest card in in the game, but it, this is just little things like this add so much utility to warbands who have you know smaller level wizards or two wizards in the warband that want additional spell casting and yeah it's it's awesome i'm very yeah. excited about that card i'm very excited I, I about really that like in it. general i really like it for two two plus wizard warbands yes exactly um yeah so. i was thinking godsworn hunt so i mean i'm just... well i mean yeah how's that uh yeah How's the house casting with the hunt gone for you in the past there, Jason? It's great. It was fantastic. It'll be great because Shondo Hondo will be a level two wizard. <laughs> and he gets inspired right. from it. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's an upgrade. It is. This is unbreakable, unbeatable. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's awesome. No, so there's there's also some other little things that we want to touch on. I know we talked about the ice counters, but um, there are objectives in that deck that specifically cite ice counters or um, ice tokens. I think they're ice counters, actually. Yeah, they're counters because um, they go on the fighter card. Yeah, so not on the board. So ice counters, um, there's one in there that you if you have a fighter that has three ice counters on it, it's a three glory score. So it's a good call on there. There's also some callbacks from... Um, two, it's two glory. Is it two glory? Two glory. Yeah, sorry. But yeah. still, it's three, it's three counters yeah. for two glory. It's pretty... Pretty good with the fact that you're getting a lot of ice counters from your upgrades. So yep, yep. Um, and then there's a couple of ploys in there that allow that give you some ice counters too. Um, but then there's also 
two other like just little notable mentions of um, additional resilience and casting reliability in the deck too. So like you, there's other ways to make wizards that exist level two wizards in yeah, here. If there are, yeah, if they're already a wizard, if they're they already a wizard. Two. They become level wizard level two, which is huge. So the storm sires and the domitans of the world who have potentially three, two level two, you know, level two fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'm really excited about this deck. Um, so play style is. Well, so just to elaborate on a couple more things, just to call them out real quick. So yeah. you have a, the, a key, if you have ice counters, um, at the end of the third action phase, if you have one or more, that's an additional glory. You have the frozen heart, which we talked about in the pre-show, which if you have um, uh, ice counters, you can get plus one wound, which is always big in Nemesis or mm -hmm. Rivals. You can get um, add stagger to your attack action with no range limitations. And if you have three, you get Grievous one. Um, and it's not restricted to large fighters. So like you can put this on anyone um, and then kind of boost the, the, uh, the weapons that are in this deck. Yeah. Um, this, this, this deck has a lot of really good upgrades in it. I'll yeah. just say that there's a lot of yeah. really good upgrades. There's a spell attack action. That's, uh, two, um, focus or it's a wizard level focus, uh, mm -hmm. of casting value, three damage, right? Two damage, and two damage, cleave. two damage has cleave. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's. But you there's gain an ice counter after, I think. Yeah, a lot of ways that. to get ice counters, uh, and there's really subtle, I don't want to say subtle, but there's a lot of cards that play off those ice counters, like in, like you said, Scoring Glory. So, yeah. And placing on. block Texas. There's a lot of placing block Texas in this. Yeah, it's all about the ice yeah. on this one. It is a Force of Frost. It yeah. is aptly named. It is. It, I'm, I'm excited about that one. I think that there's a lot of good pairings for it. Um, but, you know, what do we think about playstyle for this, guys? Wizard. So I think it's yeah, it's control casting. Yep. Control like you're not trying to be on objectives. You're not necessarily trying to kill fighters. There's, I mean, we showed examples of two of the gambits that are control style gambits where your opponent has to make a choice, or the upgrade where your opponent has to discard cards if you get too close. Um, and then, like you said, there's five gambit spells in there. There's a surge in there. If you cast four spells in a phase you get two glory mm -hmm. surge yep and then so. there's also um there's an interesting spell in there too that if you get it it's a reaction spell if you cast it if the fighter dies they take two damage Whatever. nice yeah so you can yeah, death yeah. blow somebody which is cool yep. um so boards Jason, what do you think for boards? I think it's just going to be our normal answer of warband specific, probably. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it, it depends on how many fighters you have. So this one is very warband specific. It's not it's not even anything that we can really recommend. It's all about it's all about how many fighters you got. Jared, yeah. Jared, how are you dealing with this deck? Yeah, so there's a lot of scoring that keys off of ice counters, and the fighters that have ice counters have the opportunity to be even better. So you probably want to target those um and then outside of that maybe if there's native level two wizards in the warband try to take those out or if that everwinter staff comes out kill that fighter because mm -hmm. you're going to hinder their ability to cast some spells 
and you'll make Trace cry, so it'll be great. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I joke about it, but I'm not going to make my troll, my smartest troll ever deck. Yeah. We could play We could play Relic, and you could give him tomes. Oh, my gosh. There's there's a tome in this deck. Does it have the tome keyword? It has Cataphrane Tome at the top. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Tomes are back in Relic. <laughs> They're back, baby. What and oh, that tome awesome. does some nasty stuff too. Yeah, it does. Yeah, break, it's one of my favorite things. It breaks upgrades. So, um, and then what are we on? New player rating. Yep. Yeah, because we already talked about warbands. You want to use so. Yeah, yeah it's silver. Yeah, it's I silver. think it really is. I think it works like it in in and of itself. And so this may be. I would actually. I'm interested, kind of like what you're gonna do, Jason. I'm interested to try this just straight up by itself. By itself, yeah. With a couple war bands to see how it does. Um, I, just I, to get I, a feel for it. I think <clears throat> I think the objectives keep it from being a gold, right? So like, the yeah. gold would be like take this war band or take this deck and slam it with a war band, and it functions really, really well. That is the case if, you, especially if you have wizards. But some of the objectives are just you're, it's not going to be as straightforward for a new player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. you got to get ice counters, you got to get uh, block texts out. Yeah. So yeah. and it, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit everywhere. Like especially when you have a casting like cast forward, like you have to know when to burn your resources to do that. So right. I think the yep. interesting thing about this deck too is that um, it has potential to be a really good like. I know this is going to trigger Jason, but to be a splash deck for championship. Not even that. Like, if oh, you have a splash. really strong Warband deck, like, if yeah. there's some really strong Warband cards in your deck already and you know that you can rely on mostly that, you can splash a couple of these cards in there and be... Yeah, I think... I think, don't... I think about, like, GSP, right? Yeah. Or, or Domitan. Yeah, or I think it's more Domitan and, and uh, Mirror's perf- Purifiers, I think. Yeah, Myari is a good Myari, one. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, so... And you I don't think, even really have to lean into the spellcasting. Like, there's a lot of things in there for spellcasting, but those upgrades that we were talking about, um, like, you get a two shield defense, but if you're not a wizard, it doesn't matter. Like, you still get an yep. ice counter, I think. Listen, just I'm, activate I'm just going to bring back Thorns of the Briar Queen. That's it. No. Nice. Varkloff is Varklov a wizard. Yeah. The hanged one. Yeah. And they, and they would love those. They would love some of the defensive upgrades too in there. Yep. Anyway, we've gone through every warband for for the entire game now. All yeah, we have. Yeah, we so yeah I've listed forty of the sixty available. So well, us. I'm glad Pick to one, hear that you're very. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you're very excited about this deck, Trace. I I think out of all the rivals decks that we reviewed, this one has you the most excited to build multiple iterations with multiple warbands for. Uh, but with that. We'll wrap this up and we'll come back for the outro. And we're back and that will wrap up this, the actual 54th episode of the Battle Mallet podcast. Again, we just want to say thank you to Games Workshop for sending us out a copy of Death Gorge early to review. Um, uh, So we appreciate that. Uh, you can find us on socials uh, if you want to see pictures of what we're up to, um, kind of follow along with our journey. We are Battle Mallet Podcast on Facebook. We are Battle Mallet 1 on Twitter slash X, and we are Battle Mallet PCast on 
Instagram. Gosh, we got to get that fixed. I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> um, we also, I did, I did a, an unboxing, so you'll be able to find that uh, in our blog. Um, and we're not sure where we're, where it's going to be hosted yet, but you'll find the link in the blog. The link will be in the show notes. Um, and then you can check the blog for this episode that accompanies it as well to see all of the cards that are available, um, including the ones that we reviewed. And um, yeah, so just keep an ear out for further episodes. Um, and as soon as we have access to the deck builders, uh, to Underworlds DB, once it's updated, we'll put links to decks built with these warbands and these rivals decks into our nemesis deck library and as always if you have a deck that you would like to share with the community uh please reach out um you can find us on our discord the link to our discord is in the show notes or find us on any of the socials that i mentioned um yeah so uh for the battle mallet podcast we are a thrice fold accord <laughs> I thought he was going to go with that with your uh, wizard deck thing with the three wizards, but you know. The Tri Wizard Tournament? Yeah. yeah. The Tri Wizard Tournament. Tri Wizard Tournament, yeah. That's good. Uh, I'll take a thrice full. Accord. Accord. <laughs> not, not, not a lot of Discord in this podcast, thankfully. So this is Jared signing out. This is Trace, and I'm just chilling. Oh, I thought he was going to go with I Gotta Go Pack again. And I'm Jason wow. Table New Murray. Get the hell out of here! Peace. podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats. We just need to get a hold of the book that she reads in um Yeah. Oh, there's a whole wiki on it. Oh, there oh, is, yeah. Sure. Known jokes in the book. <laughs>